thought about letting y'all stand. <laughs> it's shocking how many times the senior sermoner has forgotten to release the congregation. <laughs> I don't know how you could miss it if everybody's standing there in front of you, but people do it anyway. I could have been the first to maliciously leave you standing there. <laughs> Maybe Kaylee or Ava will do that for me next year. <laughs> I'm really glad you thought that was funny. <laughs> if nothing else, I just hope that people laugh at my jokes today. Benjamin Franklin once said, there are only two certainties in life, death and taxes. Well, when you're giving a sermon, there are three sleeping teenagers, crying babies, and hoping that the congregation thinks your jokes are funny. So we'll see how this goes. My family first began attending All Saints when I was in first or second grade. I don't remember much about my first year here, to be honest. I remember that my godly play teacher was named Susan. We got to play with clay, and I think there was a sandbox. That's about all I got. What I really remember about second grade was wanting to be in third grade. Third grade is the year that you get to join the production company, you see. This is the top of the line as far as elementary Sunday school goes. Kids get to make theme parks, put on plays, and even star in movies. But what really draws the attention of an up-and-coming third grader is something so prestigious it cannot be overstated. That's right, a lock-in. <laughs> you get to stay in the Sunday school, Sunday school classrooms upstairs all night long. There's a pretty standard agenda for a lock-in. You show up at the church on a Friday evening, drop off your stuff upstairs, and then begin the march to Burger King. I can't help but imagine that's a sight to see. Eight third to fifth grade girls firmly grasping their $5 bills as they trek the block and a half to go get a combo meal. <laughs> After you eat your burger and fries, you hike back to the church and run upstairs and start crafting. Traditionally, you can like make little felt blankets or jewelry. I was gonna wear my Shrinky Dink necklace, but my sister forgot it. <laughs> After that, we pull out a fake campfire, a little fan with orange silk blowing out of it, and we tell scary stories. A couple classic scary stories that come to mind are the time that somebody kept ringing Miss Mary's doorbell, and it turned out to be a spider, and another time when Miss Mary's friend accidentally drank out of a bowl that was there for pee. If you know, you know. Finally, you settle down in your sleeping bag and promptly fall asleep when asked, except for the part where you whisper and giggle for another half hour. The next morning, you eat mini boxes of cereal and wait for your parents to pick you up. At least that's what happens at the girls' lock-ins. I can't speak for the boys. The production company also has a spreadsheet posted on the wall. It has everyone's names down the side, and then every Sunday of the year across the top. You come to Sunday school and you get a little star sticker next to your name for that week. It's a pretty sweet deal. In fifth grade, I got pretty fixated on getting a sticker every week. So even if it was my dad's birthday or my parents' anniversary, I made sure to drag my mom out of bed so I could go get my sticker. 
I think that really credits Miss Sarah and Miss Mary. It takes a lot to get a 10-year-old to want to come to church every single week, and I've never met two women who have so flawlessly drawn in generation after generation of children. It's hard to imagine anyone else in their position. On the other hand, a position that's hard to imagine as anything other than fluid is the position of middle slash high school Sunday school teachers. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I can think of 15 Sunday school teachers I've had since sixth grade. <laughs> For context, the ideal number is somewhere between three and six. Some were around for years, some were around for months, some were only there a couple weeks. It seems to be a tough position to fill. Nevertheless, my time in youth Sunday school has been nothing short of absolutely fantastic. I think that having had so many teachers has been a wonderful opportunity to learn about God and church from countless perspectives. All of us, the seniors who are here at the 1030 service because they weren't here at the 8 o'clock service when I was trying to gesture to them, should be grateful for all of the teachers we've experienced. I can safely say that without exception, every one of those 15 or so teachers has had our best interests in mind. I've sung about God, talked about God, involved God in the game's made-up version of Bible trivia risk. Yeah. Every one of those teachers had their own methods, and maybe we've connected with some more than others, but we can't really deny that we didn't at least learn something from the deck of Bible trivia cards. As far as Sunday school goes, though, the first place award still goes to the production company. And if I thought about anything about the production company was fun, nothing in the world could have prepared me for EYC. Because if staying at the church with your friends is a big deal, then going on trips is a whole new thing. My EYC had been on missions to Bastrop, Rockport, Arkansas, and even a ski trip to Colorado. Back in the day, a common game to play during mission trips is sardines. A remix of hide-and-seek sardines where you have one hider and everybody else is a searcher. So your hider hides, and then the, everyone's looking for your hider, and it, as each searcher finds the hider, you have to squeeze in with them in their hiding space like sardines. So the most notable hiding places I can think of are under a flight of stairs, under a bed, in a crib, and even under these very things. <laughs> 10 adolescents can cram under one of these, by the way. More recently, however, mission trip games have morphed into more academic activities, <laughs> such as learning to sing hymns in German with Reinhold, <laughs> playing multiplication bingo with PGG, <laughs> Or if you're feeling really adventurous, playing German multiplication bingo <laughs> with Reinhold and PGT. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. As I mentioned PGG, what would a senior sermon be without mentioning the acolytes? Along with many of my compadres, I have been an acolyte since around sixth grade, making my, de my debut as a pilot in the making my debut as pilot in the Bible Time Machine play drew the attention of one Patricia Google Gambrell. So this lady comes up to me and asks if I want to help play an integral part in an Episcopalian service, holding books and candles and even swinging a thurible. Well, of course, goes little Mary, for no reason other than knowing that I had seen other acolytes talk during the service 
and I wanted to be able to talk during the service too. <laughs> well, let me tell you, that was nipped in the bud. <laughs> I don't know how the other acolytes got away with it, but as I have learned, there are some pretty standard procedures when acolyting. Don't talk, put out the candles afterwards, don't forget to hook the crucible back into place or it'll fall over. Don't hit the crucible on the doorway on your way out. Don't light your hair on fire. <laughs> and of course, don't light anyone else's hair on fire. All of that has happened. <laughs> if you remember that, you're good to go. Unless you're thoroughfare, then the rules go more like use enough incense, don't use too much incense, swing the thurible, but not that much, use three charcoals, but also two or one or one and a half, depending on the mood of the preacher, but they won't tell you, they'll just tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> use, use more incense dust, use less incense dust, and so on and so forth. Also don't hit anyone. If you can remember all of the unspoken acolyte rules, you may even be deemed responsible enough to travel to the National Acolyte Festival in DC, where you serve in a massive service with acolytes from across the country. More importantly, that's the trip where you get to eat Chinese food, go to Ben and Jerry's, and have McDonald's for breakfast every day. <laughs> as far as hungry teenagers go, if there's food, we'll be happy. Lee Reed, a goddess among women, found out a while ago that the key to raising EYC attendance is simply to tell them that food would be there. Works like a charm. I would like to take a moment to thank everyone who has had an impact on me personally while here at All Saints. The Acolyte sponsors scrambling every week to find substitutes when people don't show up. Liam, Jay, and Tuvia for being like the cutest kids I've ever seen. The Sunday school teachers, especially Sarah, Mary, Paula, and Edward, for fostering any inkling of an interest that students have in religion. Lee Reed, who has pulled the EYC program out of rubble and turned it into a big, beautiful lighthouse. The Corneliuses and the Johnsons for being like second church families to me. The choir for putting up with the incense, especially Trenton. <laughs> I think we're coming to an understanding where I just try to not wave it on you too much. <laughs> Anyone who's ever volunteered for move-in, um, be sure to check with PGG if you're available the 19th to the 23rd. <laughs> Marvin for keeping things nice around here. Mona for keeping the unruly children somewhat ruled. All of the priests for writing us sermons every Sunday, even though they may go a little long sometimes. Levi and the other seniors for acolyting with me countless times. There are many people and more who are like family for me here at All Saints. Because as I look out at everyone sitting below me, I'm looking at people that I love. And I can confidently say that I am loved in return. All of us seniors are. There will always be a little old lady to smile at us and wave when we come back into town from college. There are people here who I've seen every Sunday since I was little, and even though I don't exactly know their names, I'll still be happy to see them when I come back. And with the use of these handy dandy little name tags, 
I can at least pretend I know who I'm talking to. The people here at All Saints are some of the most caring and loving people I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. To quote a previous senior, Hannah, it doesn't matter if you're a new member or if you've been here since the 1700s, everyone wants to talk to you and get you on their service group. <laughs> it's that love that we've grown up with that will be the hardest to lose when we move away from Austin, but we're not really losing it because the mindset of caring about everyone that All Saints has instilled in the graduates is something that we'll take with us wherever we go. And there will always be a community of people who love and think about us back here in Austin, Texas. There will always be someone to offer gentle advice, or not so gentle as the case may be. There will always be someone here to ask you about your day, or check in on how your learner's permit is coming. And there will always be someone to offer to split a donut with you. Amen. <laughs>